You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome to After The Show, Sid Talk. Thanks. Welcome to the audience. Welcome, everybody. Hello. What's the before the after the show discussion? Bond. Bond, 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 bond. Bond, bond. Gold bond, the powder? No. James Bond, the spy. I think James Bond. Is he a spy? He's a spy. Is he, though? (laughs) He's not, like, super... I don't know. I guess he must be. Do you think he uses gold bond is the other question? I would think so. I do, too. Seems sweaty. In the balls, but I don't know for sure. Wonder if there's and ever... that is the before the after the show discussion. I wonder if there's ever been a promotion. <laughs> you know where uh, they do... Cross promotion? 007 Bond, Gold Bond, hmm. Ball Powder. <laughs> <laughs> if there hasn't been, there's an idea for you, Barbara Broccoli. Do it. Do you think they need more money? Probably. <laughs> All right. So it is Saturday, November the 13th. This is after the show 710. And last week I did say that we were going to review Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. But then this little movie came along and trumped it, unfortunately. I didn't remember you saying that, so it didn't matter to me. Didn't matter to you? You No. You're not aware of what's happening? I'm not. Nope. I kind of just stick to myself and, you know, I sit down in the chair and watch the movie, whatever it is. So the movie we're looking at this week is No Time to Die. It's a 2021 movie. It releases, we've got this very early, actually. So you'll be able to see this on December the 21st. Which is like, wow, it's more than a month away. Yeah, crap. You can. Well, that's when it comes out on Blu-ray. You can do this theatrical on home thing where you pay $30 and watch it now. But who does that? I mean, come on. Who does that? Well, who does that? Somebody does that probably. Yeah. So it's rated PG-13. It's from our friends at MGM. And Sid Talk gives us the synopsis of No Time to Die. My smile's not not. My small synopsis has a big spoiler in it, so that's why I'm passing it on to you. All right, I'll give you the synopsis then. Are you ready? James Bond has left active service. His peace is short-lived when Felix, an old friend from the CIA, turns up asking for help, leading Bond on a trail of a mysterious villain. Okay, super boring. That's super boring. Well, let me me finish it. No, you were supposed to make up your own synopsis and you're just being super boring by reading the one off the thing. Well, that's what we do every week. There's a spy who works for England and there's a guy who wants to do something very bad to the world. I mean, that's Bond. And that's this Bond as well. All right, so this is what... Sitos, the good fact checker person. Mm Mm-hmm. How many Bond movies has it been with Daniel Craig and what number is this one? I don't know. I would say it's the fifth one. Let's say Are that. you guessing? Because of that. <laughs> well, you actually well let's it up. do the math. Are you ready? No. You Casino Royale. That's one. Then we've got Quantum of Solace. That'll be two. Then we've got Skyfall. That would be three. Then we've got Spectre. That would be four. And then we've got No Time to Die. Five. See how I did that? Good math. Mm. So five movies with Daniel Craig. This is the end of his Bond, what do you call it, tenure. Yeah. Sid Talk, there will be spoilers, let's say. I tried that already and you nixed me. Were you a fan of Daniel Craig's stint as Bond? Yeah. Elaborate (laughs) on the said (laughs) issue. Well, I can't. The thing is, I don't think I've disliked any Bond, so he's fine. He's serious. He's 
He's up to the task physically. He's interesting to watch. I have no problem with Daniel Craig. And how did you like the movie No Time to Die? I like Daniel Craig. I like this Bond, but I like most Bonds. You know, there's only a couple through the history of Bonds that I'm like, ugh. So this one was fine. Exciting. Looked gorgeous. I don't mind the story, even though every Bond villain almost, not all, I guess, want to like do something to the whole of the world, right? So they can be in control or they can destroy everything because their little feelings have been hurt at some point in their life. So they want to like bring down the establishment. That's really all it is. And then this guy in MI6, or is that the highway? What's the highway? The M5. Okay, see, it's confusing. The MI6 and the M5. Oh, there's the M6 as well, yeah. Yeah, see, it's a highway and a spy organization. Well, it's actually technically a motorway. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's really just that. You're in a loop, you know? The good guys fighting the bad guys all the time for big high stakes. And I mean, that's exciting and fun. I mean, there's no aliens or zombies or futuristic stuff. They've tapped on that in past Bonds, but not in this one. But I can still handle a little bit of the science fiction, which is his gadgets and whatnot. Yeah, there's definitely things that don't exist in our world here. Mm -hmm. I um, thought this was a really good closer to this story in particular, Mm -hmm. which we've been going since Casino Royale. And it kind of introduced bits and pieces of things along the way back into it. It had a few surprises to me that I um, wasn't expecting. Okay. I was quite emotional during the, uh, some of the sections. Emotional? Was you? Yeah, but I mean, that's normal. One part that got me really emotional that I didn't um, expect, and it was hardly anything, was at the beginning of the movie, in his Aston Martin going down a really flashy, you know, Riviera kind yeah. of road, they just swell for about five seconds the... We have all the time in the world song, just orchestral. And you're looking through the window and you see him with his woman. And it brings you back to the George Lazenby movie. Mm-hmm. It affected me. Oh. Because it was, I don't know, it was like perfect. It was like, oh, we've kind of come full circle. Well, that's sweet. It did it again near the end. And it kept, I don't know if you noticed with Hans Zimmer's score, they kept bringing like, Pieces of music from the other films into the score. I'm not like you. I don't know what's what for movie scores. So no, I wouldn't have noticed that well, specifically. It me, definitely had the vibe. There was even a bit of orchestral live and let die in there mm. at one point. But very short, very brief. But if you're a fan of Bond and you know all the music, which you do, you do as well. Uh, I don't, but. We even own the Bond album with all the songs on it. It doesn't mean I know it or that I would recognize <laughs> it. I mean, you know, you know better. Yeah. What's the big spoiler, Sit Talk? What's the big spoiler about Are this Are we movie? doing it now? Like, we're doing it. Let's this just is do it. it yeah. The biggest spoiler of all is Daniel Craig is done. So just like Doctor Who, they killed him off. The thing is, there's always another James Bond. So There is. But I mean, they actually killed him off. And so if you're listening to this and you listen, you heard us tell you there's going to be a spoiler. And now you're like, what? I mean, that's your own fault. But yeah. I mean. Totally killed him. They've properly killed him. No, like, oh, is he dead or not? No, <laughs> none of that. He's absolutely dead. 100%. I mean, there's no, there's no absolutes in the world of movies, obviously. But you can't make a movie in 10 years and pretend that you got some of this James Bond's DNA and then made a clone of him. And he shows up as 
Daniel Craig as, is today, right? He's going to keep aging. So yeah. you can't bring him back. You can't make him like a future Bond or anything. So instead of sending him off into the sunset, he got He really Shazam. went into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. So I was surprised, but, you know, it's satisfying. For the 10 minutes before that, let's say, where he had to go and deal with the big bad guy. And the music was kind of getting sad and stuff. I was like, are they really going to have the balls to, like, kill James Bond here? When he was climbing up the ladder, which is right near the end of his tenure, let's say, I was like, nah, he's going to be all right. (laughs) He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Because it seemed optimistic all of a sudden. And I was like, no, he's fine. It's James Bond. He's out of there. And then he wasn't out of there. No. And then there was a very sad scene with them kind of in M's office going to James. You know, Kind of sad because da 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 this is sad, good to you, let's get back to work. Yeah. Yeah, very quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're done now. Let's get back to work. Because I'm t- I keep saying it to you. Well, I know. This is I never the it. same James Bond. The idea is because we've seen Daniel Craig in one of the early movies when What's-Her-Face... Dame Judy, or whatever her name is. Yeah. When she gives him his profile, like, James Bond isn't even his name. He's just a guy, right, who now has trained up to the point of now becoming a 00 agent, and they're going to assign him with the 007 and the James Bond name. So it's sort of like notorious in their world, and obviously people will have known of the name, but he's always a different guy, not just a different actor, because like you said, if we're going on, this is always in the same James Bond. He'd be 150 years old. Yeah, like, ancient. Yeah, exactly. So he's always a different person. We just don't see all the other ones either die in service or get old and die, right? They just, the transition is invisible to us. Right. But here, they went for a different tact and showed you the end of his. Yeah. There's no coming back from what happened. And uh, no. somebody else has to step in. And they play around with a lady who is also 007. Well, she isn't also. You know, he's retired in the last movie. And they've already given a new spy lady, 007 number. So he's been replaced in the beginning of the movie. But then she gives it him back, right? Mm -hmm. So they do play around with like, oh, we can give 007 to anybody. But I mean, if you didn't know that already, and you're a Bond fan, then you're kind of missing the trick here. Oh, yeah. You know, they play around with that stuff, but they don't go too modern with this movie it's more like it feels throwbacky to me it feels like a 60s or 70s bond movie mm-hmm. it's not super technological he's still got the old aston martin that drops little spiky balls out of the back that blow up it's and got the smoke i yeah, like that got the smoke he's got the machine guns that come out of the thing it's not like some modern aston martin car that he's driving it's the old one like so this one really plays on the nostalgia of bond i think and that's what probably what they were going for Because I don't think No Time for Die is based on one of Ian Fleming's novels. I think they've run out of his novels now. So now they're um, doing a Game of Thrones in the final season, aren't they? They're just winging it. we got to keep making them. (laughs) One thing I did like, and I I had to check, because I was like, is this Roger Deakins on the cinematography? Because in Skyfall, which is the most beautiful Bond movie of all time, I was like, wow. But it's not, but they kind of emulated it in some way. The look of Skyfall. You know, at the beginning where Rami Malek's wearing that mask and he comes up and there's mm-hmm. that like rippled pane of glass. It's just gorgeous to look at the way it's filmed. That, the cracking ice lake at the beginning, you know, there's a lot of, even the cracking ice lake, I instantly thought of Die Another Day. I don't remember what every reference would 
go to every movie, but they a lot of things the ice felt uh, palace familiar. One. We've seen all the Bond movies. Mm-hmm. We started one. that one time. We never finished. No, but that was like a second viewing of all the Bond movies, at least, or fifth viewing. Well, I hadn't seen them all. I don't think at that point. You had because we got to Goldeneye. Right. Yeah. You know, and you'd seen them all after that. And if you I just, did, it was like just on TV on a Saturday afternoon and probably didn't see. Yeah, you mostly hadn't seen the earlier ones. Yeah. It's a mixed bag, Bond, right? <laughs> yes. We did sit there over a few weeks and just watch them all in a row. And it definitely is varied in quality. You start watching one and you're like, oh, this is one of the bad ones. Like, you can kind of tell straight away. There aren't many, but yeah, kind of jumps out at you. It drops in quality all of a sudden. but th- And then you'll get to the next one and it'll be amazing. You'll be like, wow, that one's amazing. And then the one after, you're like, ooh. Embarrassing. So- embarrassing yeah (laughs) and then oh amazing and it goes really it's very if you looked at it as a graph it would be very (laughs) spiky yes oh (laughs) up and down and up and down but they're all enjoyable in a way just like some of the very old ones are very dated let's say right in terms of political correctness and in terms of just the time you know it gets really crazy in the late 70s, early 80s, when it feels like an episode of Dukes of Hazard. some of those movies. We're not talking much about this movie. You just keep talking about other Bond movies. Well, I'm, t- I'm talking I'm about Bond as a whole here. As far as this movie goes, I don't think the plot's extraordinary because it borrows from everything else, really. If you like I said, it. it's always a guy. Uh, there was one woman one time, I guess. She wanted to destroy... The current structure of all things, because she had had her feelings hurt or something bad happened to her or her family as a child, right? And that's what it always is. It's like somebody wants to rule the world, uh, somebody wants to destroy the world, somebody wants to take out their own pain and vengeance on the world or on somebody. It's always the same. What about- always the same. So we're just going to spoil it all, right? So Bond falls in love with that lady in the last one, which I completely forgot. Madeline Swan. You tried to remind me of it, and I was like, I'm still, I don't remember that at all. So I'll have to watch that one. <laughs> Inspector. I'm, I have very selective memory. <laughs> <laughs> so in this one, all of a sudden, also, did we meet her father? Was that part of Spectre? Uh, okay, so we, in this one, it starts. Yes, we did. Okay, so in this one, she and her mother, she was a child, her mother and her in a cabin, somebody comes to kill them because her father killed his family okay then this dude who comes to kill them saves her but he kills like a, the mother yeah kills the mother he has a fucked up face and he saves her so then we find out later this guy actually works is trying to get revenge on not works for trying to get revenge on blofeld because blofeld's the one that had his family killed ultimately yep and blofeld is in prison so blofeld now is trying to do something with this poison slash nanobot shit that can like destroy everybody and presumably wants to kill Bond with it. I don't know what else he wanted to do with it. He's kind of effed up, right? Yeah. Which is good. Blofeld's an interesting character in Christopher Waltz's hands. So now we've got Blofeld's not really the bad guy because the new bad guy who saved her as a girl wants to kill Blofeld and take over Blofeld's little vision of destroying the world. And have her, like, part of his thing is that very old-fashioned. She's mine now. Like, I saved her life, and now she's mine. We have a bond. We have. Is what he kept saying. But what he has is a bond between them. <laughs> Get it? There's a bond between. Ah, that was good. Uh, so it's all kind of like, uh, 
one maniacal bad guy versus another maniacal bad guy, all for not the love of a woman, because she had nothing to do with them, but, you know, it's a little bit mishmashed in there. I think throwing Blofeld in is a bit of a red herring. Yeah, definitely. It's like, and also makes it less interesting, but his scene is really interesting. Yeah. Because here's another spoiler for her. Blofeld also dies. So does Felix. I mean, it's a it's a death fest here. Yeah, it's not an upper. You feel sad at the end. <laughs> yeah. You feel like, oh my God, I've been through a ring of that. <laughs> yeah, you're not it's like... It's like a zombie movie. Yeah. There's you, no hope. You're definitely not like, Yahoo, this, this is great. You're like, oh, oh, I feel a bit like I need a new bond now. Just to make make this cleanse, feel better. cleanse my palate a little bit on this one. I mean, not saying it's bad. I'm just saying they went for the Empire Strikes Back tack. Ah, oh, listen to you. Like looping it around. You've always got to tie it around to Star Wars. Sure, 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 sure. It, it's, the, it's like the middle movie, but it's actually the end one. <laughs> so it's weird. I'm kind of happy with how I mean, it went. I mean, it's not the end one. It's just the end of Daniel Craig. The end of Daniel, yeah. But I'm happy with how that went. And I'm excited to see how it goes next. Me because... Too. I always stick around to after the credits, and you have to. You have to for a Bond movie. You're not going to get like a Marvel, like, here's what's coming up next thing. But you are going to get what written on the screen? Bond, James Bond will return. And it did say that at the end of this movie, so. So again, we're going to cycle through just like Doctor Who. But Doctor Who's the same person. He just has to take on a new form. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he doesn't remember stuff if I... You know, we've we've only seen that transition like once as well, right? Once, maybe twice now. Yeah. And now, because No Time to Die got involved in, got finished just before COVID started two years ago. And that was when it was supposed to come out. And it didn't. And then they kept holding it back and holding it back. So it's really been made like four years ago, this movie. Mm. So I was watching an interview with the Broccoli's. And they're ready to announce a new Bond in early 2022. So I... The, know. You know, another film will be pretty close because of all that delaying on this one. So we're going to find out who the new guy is or or girl. Whoever. But, so. I'm actually 100% neutral, although I do, like you said about the lady broccoli, Madam Broccoli. Barbara. <laughs> she says, you know, he was written as a man. He's going to stay a man basically as long as she has control over it. I do not disagree with that now. Um, me neither. And I'm not sexist. Yeah. And you can claim, oh, why not? Well, you know what? Not every character can be everything to all people. And that's not the point. If you want to add a female hero or create another series, and we've had several over the last few years where the woman is like the the protagonist, you know, like the the beaten down spy or the person who's we've yeah. seen several. We saw like red atomic blonde, atomic blonde, the red one with hunger games, in red it. sparrow. Yeah. Right. Where the female is the person who's been trained and basically her life is handed over to this organization to hopefully get the bad guys. Right. So we've got that. You can do that. If you don't like it, then don't watch James Bond movies. Right. <laughs> like it's really simple. You know, but I did hear about, you know, I listened to that interview with Barbara and she did, she was like, yeah, I'm, it's going to be a guy like stop everybody talking about we're going to cast a woman because. And don't, I don't think not. that serves the story. That's my that would be my only thing. Oh, if that makes the story better. Right. But it won't. What will make the story better is a better villain. Yeah. A better the purpose for the villain. More. Shining a light on society, what's wrong with society? Because that's often what's going on in the villain's mind, right? Like, 
the oil lady was just like, she just wanted to wipe everything out and kind of start over because it was all just, it was unfair. I don't remember exactly, but point out something in society that you don't like that the villain wants to undo or redo in the world. That's what makes it interesting. Some people might say that it doesn't matter who's Bond next or it doesn't matter who is Bond ever, like because it's always just... But I think the individuals bring something to it of their own, like Daniel mm-hmm. Craig did. You know my favorite Daniel Craig moment in this movie? Mm-mm. You know when he's riding on a motorcycle at the beginning and then he jumps and then he lands and then he just drops the bike and walks off really coolly into the <laughs> Yeah, hotel. that was good. Those are my favorite. Daniel Craig, I feel like he brought that to Bond. I'm the most suave person ever, even after being blown up and jumping off a motorcycle. Right. Like, I'm just cool. Like, <laughs> And he did that. He's done it in a couple of the other movies, but in this one, I was like, yep, that's the badass James Bond we know. I mean, he just got blew up. And now he's just entering the foyer of the swanky hotel and doing his cufflinks, kind of. Yep. I'm good. <laughs> so that's what Daniel Craig brought to it for me. He's just this, I don't know, he's a badass, right? And that's kind of the idea. And again, if you want to build a badass character of any gender, on any spectrum, of any color, of any ethnicity, then sit down or pick your phone up and get out a text editor and write it down. Right? Don't, don't depend on somebody who wrote books. Uh, how long has it been now? Like 40s and the 50s. When Ian Fleming wrote Thought the Bond books. Them, yeah. Right. So that didn't exist until it existed. It's just that somebody got their teeth into it and learned that they can make a lot of money out of it, and then they have done it for the last 70 years. There you go. Write your own. And again, Bond, one of the longest-running franchises ever, if not the, right? I, don't, I can't think of anything that's mm. longer-running than Bond. Fast and the Furious, bleh, with your 10 years or whatever it is. Oh, I thought you just meant in general. I was going to agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll never catch up to Bond. Or maybe you will. I don't know. <laughs> You know, with the time travel in there. You might do time it. travel now. I got it. And going to space. I get it. I got it. Maybe that's where um, Daniel Craig's James Bond, he gets hit by the missile in this one. And then he turns up in Fast and the Furious because they do some weird. <laughs> and here's James Bond. And now he's in our film. Sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but not far-fetched for that series. No, not at all. All right. So the cast, again, Daniel Craig, the end of his James Bond run. I think he's a great James Bond. Don't question me. <laughs> and you like him too. Yeah, no. I think he's fine. Anna de Armas plays Paloma. We only meet her for maybe 10 minutes of the movie. She's a, what would you call her? She's an agent. But she's new. Well, she says she's a new agent. There's no way she's a new agent, right? She, she says she's been on the oh, job. Oh, yeah. She said she trained for three weeks. No way. No way. <laughs> After you see what she does. But she was fantastic. I was like, wow, she's so cool. And I expected her to turn back up at some point, but she doesn't. She's in it for 10 minutes. Yeah, she was good. I feel like she might be, like the next movie might feature her somehow. Because she seemed too interesting to just have on the screen for 10 minutes. Definitely. We've got Rami Malek as generic bad guy. We didn't know his name in, during the movie, did we? We were like, oh, Bond bad guy. I, did, I couldn't remember his name when no. whenever they Safin said it. Safin was his uh, second name. Yeah, but it's really, he's so generic. He's like... He's not generic, though. I don't know if that's fair, because he's very good at being creepy. He's yeah. very good at making me feel like he's 100% buying his own bullshit about that, you know, Blofeld uh, at some point took away his whole family, 
He was raised in this weird fucked up place where the father was creating this poison slash nano technology to basically as a, as a weapon to do to sell to the highest bidder, I'm assuming. Yeah. And that he probably has some mental health issues and then seeing his family get murdered. Right. I'm I think he's all in. So I thought he was really convincing, really good. It just didn't feel it, super menacing as a person. His uh, goal seemed like he could totally carry it out, right? That at any time he could send out a bunch of his own agents with this stuff in their bodies. Yeah. And what it is is nanobots who are locked into a particular DNA and give that person what looks like a whole bunch of diseases, right? That's what it seemed like because they get all pussy and weird and shit. So he could have at any point felt more menacing if he had just sent like three people out with suitcases or knowing that they have it in them to go kill off like, all the blonde people in the world because they could genetically pick and choose now. Like, do we want to kill all the white people, all the black people, all the blonde people, all Which the people they mention with... in this movie? Yeah, very briefly, they're like, we can pick any genetic or DNA defect or fault or any feature of anybody. So if you wanted to kill everybody with all blue eyes or everyone who was going to get or be born with any defect, you could say, well, then as soon as you touch the person, anyone related to them with that DNA marker Forever, as soon as they touch each other, they're give, they're going to die, right? Yeah. So that's super fucked up. <laughs> and if we had seen him more like into that, I would have felt he as a bad guy was more menacing. Think- but really, he was just menacing because he, first of all, he manhandled a little child. And I was convinced he couldn't give a shit if he hurt her, right? I mean, they did it in a way that I was really convinced. And I'm thinking, wow, how did they pull this off on the set? He's a grown man. Bond is a grown man. Craig, you know, and they're they're picking up this little girl really hard. And she wasn't a doll. It didn't look like if she was, then that was pretty good. Doll, you know, fake child. No, I don't think so. But I was convinced he was just effed up and there was no undoing him. He had to die. You couldn't put him in a prison somewhere or anything like that. Right. One thing that undermined him for me was because I liked him, but because they were going for that Blofeld's the baddie here, you know he is, and there he is, and what's he going to do? And then introduce this guy kind of after the fact of him. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of ruined the impact of him because I was thinking about Blofeld all the time. They were trying to do a double yeah, crosser that, on you. Yeah, that's what made it, it diffused his bad guyness because he had this other bad guy yeah. kind of looming. Yeah, I don't understand. And the other bad guy you already know, you already understand him and how bad he can be. Yeah. And you're like, well, how bad's he going to be this time? And then you've got this new guy that you've got to kind of get on with. You know, it does kind of get a bit generic Bond Island thing at the end, I thought. True. It was cool, that area that they were in, but it was... Very well, and again, it's probably a callback to something. Many of them, you know, Christopher Lee on the island. It's probably a callback to that. Definitely. So, who else we got? We got Leah Sado as Madeline, the lady he fell in love with in the last movie, but Sid Talk didn't remember. Don't recall that. Sorry, Madeline, or whatever. How do you is. like Leah Sado in this? One? Leah, I apologize for not remembering. Uh, I like her a lot. I think yeah. she's really good. You know, I've seen her in quite a few things, including Death Stranding. She does a lot of crying. Yes. I've noticed. She's very good at doing crying. Good at crying, okay. We've also got Lashana Lynch as Nomi, and she's the female 007. What did you think of her? I liked her. They made her just a little slightly too cool for school, like trying I a little agree. too hard. Yes. But I like her. So I was like, if if they would let her 
just be and, and not, not be banter like, you, back and forth. Yeah, you've got yeah. to be this, that, and the other. It felt kind of contrived, but I like her, so I would like to see her again. And in returning, returning people, you've got Ralph Fiennes, Ben Whishaw, and Naomi Harris as M, Q, and Money Penny. I like all those three. Yeah. M in this movie looked like he was under the most stress. <laughs> yeah. Like every single scene I was looking at him, I was like, oh my God, that job's ridiculous. He's going to have a heart attack at some point or something. But they didn't kill him off, just everybody else. And then Christoph Waltz as Blofeld, but blink and you'll miss him. He's in one extended yeah, scene. It was good though. Yeah, it was good. That scene was effed up and I, I appreciated it. I had this in my mind. Forgive me. Forgive you. So, you know when Blofeld... They've got him in the prison, but then he's in this little cubicle that they, like, on a motor, silence of the lambs, like, they're keeping him away from everybody. Yeah. Right? So he's in this little, like, fish tanky type thing. It's right at the end of this long corridor, and then Bond comes to see him, and it's motorized and comes down the thing. And it took an extraordinary long amount of time to come down the thing. And all I was thinking of was Austin Powers doing turning around in the, when he was stuck <laughs> in his golf cart, you know? Yes. I was like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. So I was thinking if they make a new Austin Powers, they need to mimic that scene. Oh my God. Hey, a new Austin Powers we haven't seen for a very long well, time. Well, uh, Mike Myers is talking about it. He's been talking about it recently. And there's so much you can make fun of. Yeah. So please do that because Austin Powers is very funny. Is it though? exactly <laughs> that particular scene could be done very funny make it go even slower like it's just <laughs> and maybe like break down in the middle like <laughs> mike myers if you're listening we've just given you movie gold yeah and while that scene was supposed to be really like kind of intense i, I was laughing inside it was a little bit funny so i was a bit like what are they doing what are they doing this is directed by Carrie Fukunaga. Easy for you to say. And you know this guy, right? Because he directed the first season of True Detective and then nothing else really apart from this. So True Detective's awesome. The first season and that guy did the whole thing is just unbelievable. And what did you think of his directing here? I think it's fine. It Again, the cinematography is the star of the show for me. Yeah, it's it just gorgeous. Looks gorgeous. Yeah. Always. And also, it is very varied in, like, there's a lot of action scenes. There's, like, that close quarters thing that you talked about early on in the movie. There's car chases that don't go on too long, right? You know, me, if anyone listens often, I am not a big fan of long, boring car chases or long, boring fight scenes. And did and we, this was all right. This movie has a long runtime. It's two hours and 45 minutes, which is long for any film, yet... I didn't feel like it was long. And also, weirdly, I don't know how they did this, none of the action scenes, and there are quite a few, dragged on at all. Like, so where it was the runtime? Was the runtime mostly I think talking? There was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of like, I felt like there was a lot of scenes where you gave him time to do a thing, to s slowly look around. I know this sounds weird, but I mean, to slowly kind of like, take a breath and stand there and recover a couple of times. He got blown up and he, you know, gave him time to like actually get his hearing back instead of just, he hops up and runs things like that. I feel like is where a lot of that goes to. I was very happy with it being yeah. two hours and 45 minutes. Well, we have to confess we like long movies. So yeah, <laughs> if it's a bad movie and it's long, that's bad. I think sometimes because you're like, Oh God, come on. 
get to the point. Define bad. See? I can't think of any long bad movies right off the top of my head. Can you? Mm, like no. three hour long bad movies. Not off the top of I mean, my head. there probably are some. So let's get on to IMDb reviews. What I like to do is go on IMDb, find the people who really didn't like this movie. Read the one star reviews because they're kind of funny usually. Usually, let me say. Number one. So finally, feminism has reached Bond and utterly destroyed it, like society has been destroyed by it. The movie only has one objective, to pave the way for a female Bond in the next film. Instead of making feminism, take this and destroy it. Never again will I watch a new Bond movie. I was so disgusted. Well, Barbara's going to be very crushed by your revelation. All right, next one. Probably the same voice for this guy, too. Okay. So James Bond is a family man. Does the director even bother to read the books? Or are they just using the name to attract the viewers? This is utterly disappointing to mess with the character. Shame. In the next movie, maybe we will see James Bond in a bikini. (laughs) I ad-libbed that last part. Why are people so afraid of change? I do not understand. Why? Why Why is it even an issue if, and you and I both agree, we didn't get the vibe that they're going for a female bond. And you you know from the lady who owns the whole fucking thing. Yes. She doesn't want a female bond. So, but that aside, why do people care so much? Either way, why is somebody frothing at the mouth for the Broccoli's to insist that the next Bond is female, right? Somebody's out there thinking that, right? Well, it's not fair and it should change and blah, blah, blah. And the day of the man is done. And I get, I get that people feel that way too. Also incorrect to me. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Why do no. you, also, it's a movie. Do you, when someone right. declares, I'll never watch another Bond again. Is it because you've watched Bond all these years and this fictional character who has throughout the decades, abused women, killed hundreds if not thousands of people, often for no reason other than to just because they spotted him running down a street and he had to protect it, whatever it was. Like, he's killed thousands of people. He's not a savory character. But this this is rubbing off on you? Like, this has an effect on your life? So that now if it changes, you can't cope with it? I just don't even understand. Let me also throw this into the mix. It's something I just thought of. Okay. I really love the James Bond opening sequences, like not the action sequence, the actual credit sequence at the beginning with the song. Mm, It was really good. I love Billie Eilish's song for this one. I've heard it a lot over the last year and a half because they keep playing it. So it felt really familiar when it came on. And the visuals are really cool too to it. And it's one of the only Bond, the way they do the opening sequence leading into those titles one of the only things that makes the air stand up on my arms, you know what I mean? Because mm. it's like, oh, here's Bond. I'm watching Bond again. Might have been a few years, but here he is. Like, I'm watching it. It was really good. I liked that opening part. And finally, here is uh, another person's witty remarks. Maybe not. He says, this is the worst James Bond ever. Don't waste your time or money. Never again for me. Daniel Craig is the worst James Bond I've ever seen. The movie's so boring and the action scenes are pathetic. And no women in the opening title song. Oh, the sons of the original creator must be ashamed of this pathetic spawn. I, that's funny. 
uh, that this person wrote that because I actually thought, oh, my God, I bet there's some dickheads out there who are like, where are all the naked women dancing in the opening part? That's my favorite thing. So there you go. The opening part was I'm not opposed. By the way, we're not opposed to that. No, I'm not. You could have the silhouettes of naked ladies. I don't care. I think those are all they're. We don't care about it. But to have to be like disappointed and like use it as a tool to say, oh, they're so they suck so bad because now they're not doing the naked women or, oh, crap, he's a family man now. Oh, how terrible, right? Yeah. No extras because we watched the streaming version, but they will be when the Blu-ray arrives on December the 21st. Scores, I'm giving No Time to Die an 8 out of 10. Whoa. I'm going to give it a 7.9. Well, that's pretty close. For what it is, because it's Bond, and I like Bond. It's not earth-shattering or life-changing or anything like that, so don't get all upset, people who want it to suck ass. <laughs> but it's like definitely it. a fun time at the movies. Yeah, it's enjoyable for me. I like it, so there's that. So thank you to MGM for letting us watch that early. Like I say, you can watch it now for $30 on uh, whatever that thing is. Video on demand. Or you can wait till December the 21st and buy the disc and watch it as many times as you want. This is my advice. Don't pay $30 to watch it once. Pay $30 to watch it as many times as you want. Just wait a month. There you go. So movie recommendations. I'm recommending you two James Bond movies. My favorite two James Bond movies. Can you guess what those are? No. I'll give them to you. My two favorites are Goldeneye. Yeah, I knew that one. And Casino Royale. Yeah, I knew that one. They're my favorite two Bond movies. So I'll recommend those to you if you, well, just watch all the Bond movies. And my recommendations are me going back to the 80s, as I've been doing all year. And the two movies that are popping up on my list for this week are The Toy, which, you know, these days, I don't even know how it would go down with people. Because it's Jackie Gleason as a super rich guy, sees Richard prior in a store who works in the store and says he wants and the kid screams and cries and says he wants that uh-oh as a toy uh-oh so basically gleason cons or talks richard pryor because they say they'll give him a bunch of money into being a toy for his child this sounds problematic <laughs> of course well the thing is the child is troubled because he gets ignored he's a spoiled brat because he gets ditched all the time and his parents his dad has no time for him and the Richard Pryor character becomes, you know, like a friend and a better father figure to him. So there's that. But still, I don't know how how it would go down today fully. But that's on my list. And the other one is Airplane 2, the sequel. Airplane 2 is one of those sequels that's as funny as the original movie. And they literally take it to space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, Airplane is also one of your favorite franchises of all time. I love so it. You do. I mean, it is. Well, again, when you talk about movies that you probably couldn't make like that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Airplane for you. It is very inappropriate a lot of the time. Intentionally? Yeah. So, I mean, the comments that they're making on society probably was all on purpose. Yep, totally. But some some of it you go, ooh. Uh. Oh. Now, the thing is, I've been asked, thinking about this lately. You know, if I go, oh. Am I supposed to feel weird about that now? Am I supposed to feel like bad about liking the song Hot Child in the City? Because it's basically talking about a girl. It never says her age, I don't think. 
This is sort of on topic, off topic. You know, it's hot child in the city, looking wild and something pretty, blah, blah, blah. So it's basically this young girl is in the city. She got a fever? Looking sexy. But it's clear that she's underage. And like I said, I don't know for sure if they say her age or not. But when I'm listening to it, you know, because I've listened to the that song basically all of my life since my teenage years. And it's just one of those rocking songs that I like to turn up the volume. But then when you think about the idea of it, you're like, oh, should I even respond to this anymore? I don't know. It's a little confusing. I get both things. You don't want to support an idea where a young girl who's underage is out walking around looking sexy for people to Well, don't be confused, Sid Talk. Do not be confused. (laughs) It's a little confusing. All right, Ace Scully stuff this week. Rockstar put out the Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition Trilogy. Whew, that's a long title. It is. So this is the re-release of the games from... Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which were released in 2001, 2003, 2005. So these are games from the past, but they are important games if you're a gamer. GTA 3 was like the first open world game. We just didn't have that uh, in 3D up until that point. So what Rockstar have done is they've taken the old games I wouldn't say remastered them. I would say, like, they've tried to make them look like they used to look, but they've been improved. They've upped the resolution, they've made the frame rate smoother, and they've made the controls modern. Like, because in the old days, you didn't have analog sticks, even, when GTA 3 came out. So there was no kind of aiming. You, they had to do all auto-aiming. But now they've made it like you pull the left trigger to aim, you pull, press the right trigger to fire. Just like you're playing Call of Duty or something. While that seems like a very small thing, it makes the games real easier to play. Because when you go back to those PS2 games, they're very awkward control-wise because you've become accustomed to newer controllers and control schemes have got better. So did you see it? Did you? A little bit of it. You know I played Grand Theft Auto back in all of them. And yeah, I've been I a find huge it fan. mind-numbingly uninteresting, but your excitement is fine. And I well, just... it's not uninteresting because they're historical in the game thing. It's and... uninteresting to me to sit and watch you play it. Right, and they have a good I story, find... all three of them. And I disagree. I think it's, you've told me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that. you've told me the story, and I'm like, okay, cool, but I'm not interested. Yeah, in... well, GTA 3 is basically like Goodfellas. Vice City is basically like Scarface, and San Andreas is basically Boys in the Hood. Okay, and all of those movies don't interest me, so that's probably why none of that sounds very interesting right. to me. So They emulate basically the big crime movies of the days. Mm-hmm. They use you know music of the time and all that sort of stuff. They're very cutting edge for what they were. Now, this trilogy has been remastered, so you can get trophies and all that stuff. The only complaint I would have is how much they charge for this trilogy, which is $20 per game. It should really be $10 per game because we're talking about 20-year-old games, nearly. Yeah. But I've been playing... I wanted to play them in order because I haven't played them for 15 years, probably. So I'm playing GTA 3 now. And GTA 3 is probably the most dated of them, obviously, because it came out first. But I am having fun with it. It does bring back a lot of memories, especially the radio, the songs on the radio. Like the first game, they're not actually licensed songs. They're songs that Rockstar, you know, recorded themselves so they could get away with not paying royalties. 
but they're all like songs that sound like other songs. And every time one comes on, I'm like, oh God, I've heard this song so many times. And that's because I played this game for hundreds of hours back then. So that's GTA Definitive Trilogy. It's available now. I played it on PS5. Also, I just wanted to mention before we uh, go, <laughs> that uh, Dexter is back and we watched the first episode. Yes, we did. Felt like an old friend was back for me. <laughs> I know he's terrible. Of course he's terrible. He's a serial killer. But I do enjoy watching him. You do. I know that the original Dexter, there was highs and lows, and especially some very lows towards the end. <laughs> yes. We watched it kind of like fizzle out, didn't we? You watch it with your eyes, over, your hands over your eyes, like looking through like, oh, is it going to get worse? But it did. There's a long time gone. It's been 10 years and now we're watching a new season of Dexter. And what they showed last week, I was on board for. I like it. So Yeah. I mean, it's the same. It is. It's got a little bit different because they're not doing, he's not a cop. And all that stuff, and we won't go through it all. You can just watch it yourselves. But it's just a different vibe. But got more of like a far. kind of a humor. There's a bit of humor in this one, even. The town feels a bit Twin Peaksy with the yeah. kind of quirky people, it let's does. say. So, Dexter New Blood, it's on Sundays. I enjoyed it. What's for dinner? Taco Bell. Taco. The Bell. We're going to go with The Bell. Do you mean TB? Uh, as you like to call it, tuberculosis, the TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not saying that if you go to Taco Bell, you're going to get tuberculosis. But yeah, Taco Bell, because it's easy, it's quick. I can get there and back and no time. Because there's no time to die. <laughs> or or no to wait in line at in any other bell. place. <laughs> What's your advice? My advice, um, it's not advice, again. So I don't know how to de define it, but um, all I've got here is the thing that you do, you will live with that all of your life, right? Whatever the thing is you do, whatever decision you make in the moment, whatever. It could be buying a used car that's crappy and it affects you for five years because it's such a pain in the ass. It could be charging up a credit card too high and then you've got bad credit for 10 years. It could be divorcing a person or marrying a person that, and in the end, that wasn't the best decision, whatever it is. You could be a complete asshole to somebody. Whatever you're doing, right, you get to live with it and probably other people around you. But the whole of all of everything else, all the other life in, in the world is just keeps on going and mostly doesn't give a shit in, in the crudest of way. So sometimes when you're thinking, oh, God, you know, if it's a little thing you've done, like ruin your credit, which I've done in my life, and you feel like it is the most insurmountable thing you could never solve it and it says everything about you you're terrible you're lazy or you are bad judgment you're selfish you're wasteful all those things and you have to pay it all back and you have to get it all straight or a series of things go in the society we live in you don't get to go and just buy a house or buy a car or whatever right while i was feeling like that was the weight of the world on my shoulders Nobody else could give a shit. I mean, if you you would care because it might upset me or bother me, but I mean, the world just keeps going. My stupid decisions, <laughs> I get to live with them, right? Like, so again, this isn't advice. Maybe just sometimes when you think the whole world is falling apart because of something you've done or thought or you had a one night stand and now you feel like a piece of shit or you bought a house and it's a piece of crap or you've started dating somebody and then you're like, oh, this is not good. Well, the whole world just keeps going on. You just keep going, make some new decisions, carry on till tomorrow. 
and just keep going. Well said, Sid. Talk. It doesn't make any sense. No, none of that makes any sense, but I'm sticking with it. All right. Well said. Ascully.com is our website. You can go and you can get this podcast. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash after the show to catch us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She really is not impressed by any of you. <laughs> and finally, stay classy, Mr. James Bond who will be back because we was just told he'll be back sometime. Nice. And I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 